0: You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording. And lines are now closed. In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful, good afternoon, peace upon you, and welcome to another episode of the Drive Time Show here on the Voice of Islam. Today with Masaf Raza, Brother Daniel, and Brother Kiyum, over the next two hours, we are going to be with you talking about two topics as usual. In the first half of the program, we are going to talk about violent crime. Can we create a safer society, yes or no? That is coming up from four to five. And then in the next half of the program, we're going to talk about brain health. And in this regard, the question we're asking you in our opinion poll on Instagram today is: How do you try to keep your brain healthy? Is it through exercise and diet? Is it through learning new skills? Is it through reading, or is it through sleeping <coughs> well, which is winning at the moment? A lot of fans of good sleep, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, very well, absolutely. I mean, I, I
1: I'm very well. You know, uh, peace be on you, gentlemen. Peace be on you as well. You, having you, seen uh, uh, you know, Cuyum, uh, brother Kium here in the studios again, and uh, not driving by and driving time. Uh, that uh, you know, it's <laughs> always <laughs> a pleasure. I, I just wanted to ask, Rosa. Yeah.
2: are you in a hurry? I'm not. Well, you sounded like like you know, the it's drive it's time easy. was like <laughs> we got to momentum in there. Like, <laughs> you were, we're doing it rush into the weekend. Yeah, I was gonna say you here, like good afternoon, hello,
1: Speedy Gonzalez
2: is in town. How are you, gentlemen?
1: Alhamdulillah. Lots of that. Never been better. Yeah.
0: Oh. That's good to hear. Okay. Now, um, violent crime. Living in the safest city in the UK brings more than just a feeling of security. We can study better, travel more, go out often and more, and everything to make the most of our time in one of the greatest countries in the world. I know some people might disagree on that one, but we're just going to let it slide for now. The police will record a crime as violent if the offender clearly intended or intends to physically harm you, regardless of whether or not it results in a physical injury. Just to give you a few stats here, and the crime rate in the UK was 795 2% per 1,000 people, sorry, in the years 2021 to 2022, the overall UK crime rate saw a 1.18 increase from the year 2020. And among England, Wales, and Northern Ireland, the country with the highest crime rate was England at 77.49 crimes per 1,000 people. Um, yeah.
2: I, I tell you a fact today. Mm. I heard it about two hours ago on my way here on another radio station. And they were talking about uh, bicycle theft,
3: mm.
2: of how you leave your bike and within a life. minute it's uh-huh. gone. Uh-huh. And this guy, he was talking about how his partner went to Amsterdam
3: oh, and, yeah, uh,
2: went on a bike and went in a, a remote area of Amsterdam and left the bike there. And then... No problem. No problem. Because uh-huh. it's, it's normal there. Yeah. He says she went back a year later. The bike was exactly oh, the same place. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! <laughs> it was
1: left in exactly what, the same place. What that what that uh, what West, shows is no that the, the council isn't doing their job.
3: <laughs> <population>.
1: <laughs> but it 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 made me
2: laugh that in this country, and actually, it's happened with me. I once I was changing what? the wheel of a bike of a car, <laughs> left it outside the door to go in. I must have been two minutes, if that. Came out that we was good.
1: <laughs> wow, seriously,
2: it's madness. The the mm. the rate and all, and both of you guys know I got mm. burglar recently. Yeah, man, absolutely. I and, was about to ask you that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's and and you know within one night, mm. four houses get hit within a matter of minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Minutes. Mm. <clears throat> the, you know, technology, and again we were just talking about AI, mm. where you know so many security systems, this, that, the other. Now, people aren't scared of coming into your home oh, so. hmm. when you're there, yeah.
0: the, because the deterrence mean nothing. Uh, do you know about this app? There's an app called, uh, I think it's Next Door or yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. this neighborhood uh, yeah. app. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I signed up on that, I think a year ago or something like that, and... 70 to 75, if not more, 80% of the messages that come onto that message or that app that I receive notifications of are of, have you seen this man? Have you seen this woman? My package got stolen or they tried to break into to, into my house. you see in my
2: office in Fulham, yeah. next door. Yeah. I actually posted it because I got Corey on camera. On New Year's Day, New Year's Day, his car got <laughs> broken into three times on the same night. Wow. And we've got it all... On camera, three different people. Hmm. First one came. He had some kind of gadget Tech. which opened hmm. the door. Wow. What car was that? A Porsche. Wow. He opened it. Porsche. <coughs> uh, Porsche. 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 And, and he managed to open it in split second. Took a few, few things, closed it, didn't lock the door. Then we see this guy. He's on video. This guy walking and he's flicking the doors off every single car he's walking past mm. to see if some, someone's left unopened. Mm. It got left open. He went in, took a few things, went. And then this third guy comes on a bicycle. Again, he had a gadget.
3: Mm.
2: And he had managed to open the door and cleared the boot out.
1: Our producer just sent a message saying that, uh, you know, in her case, it's mostly missing cats
3: next door. <laughs> but so you, you, you clearly you, not you, the same city <laughs> in the world to live in. <laughs> exactly that.
1: <laughs> so, brother kayum I think yeah, you, I think you you live in in uh, you live with the high and mighty. Uh, if you live with ordinary <laughs> if you had, live with ordinary people, their problems uh, are uh, more <laughs> their problems are cats
0: exactly <laughs> well, yeah we, cats. i mean this this is one side I, I, We are specifically talking about violent crime and and the extent of violent crime do we or are we able to create a safer society? But yeah, it, it, I think it all leads to, to this point as well. It doesn't matter if it's if it's a burglary, it doesn't matter if it's, uh, you know, violent crime. The fact that it does exist is, is, is bad enough. Now, the Telephone Operated Crime Survey for England and Wales, uh, they estimated that 1.9% of adults aged 18 and over were a victim of violent crime in the year ending March 2022, equating to 1.5 million incidents of violence. That is around two-thirds, uh, meaning 65% of all these uh, telephone-operated crime survey for England and Wales, violent incidents in the last 12 months have resulted in no injury to the victim. I've known, for example, um, these delivery drivers, pizza delivery drivers. For them, the way some some people tell, tell it to, you know, sometimes when I talk to them, the way they ex- describe it, it's like they're desensitized. Mm. So they say, okay, oh, yeah, last week um, I was just delivering a, a pizza or whatever it was, and I opened my boot, and there was a guy behind me with a knife, and they said, well, yeah, give, me g- give me all the cash that you have. Wow. And uh, I think one time, I was like, I don't have any cash, so he took the pizza. <laughs> but, wow. but yeah, it, it, I mean, naïve. It, it, it is
1: so commonplace. It that is so commonplace. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. they're, they're totally desensitized sensitized about it. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Brother, can You, I, I, I have this question for you because, you know, as you mentioned live uh, on air, you you were burgled mm. recently. What do you think is the cause? Why, why do you think? I don't it, think is it's a simple answer. I think it has a lot to do with
2: um standards of living quality of life um the credit cards i think television i think uh uh, we live in a society (coughs) where social media tv is throwing these images at people and telling them how easy it is to get it um there's envy there is so much envy um um and if if the, this notion this idea and the idea and the definition of respect mm-hmm. that's so important because how we would define respect is very different mm-hmm. from the respect they will get if they were to commit a crime um it the more crime they commit the more high up they go in the hierarchy um of their peers and there is this segment of society and uh, and for me to say that is only one segment of society no Th- there are two sides of it one are the people who are running it who already have money mm. but they don't want to get their hands dirty so who's the who's the carriers who are the people who want who have a desire but they don't have the means mm. then they tackle the young um who 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 want the best things but they can't afford it and if you can't have it, go and take it.
3: Hmm.
2: Um, if one was to look at the movies in today's day and age, if one was to look at, um, you know, television shows, it's everything. Everyone has got branded trainers. Everyone's got um, hmm. uh, branded everything. Hmm. If one was to look at today, we're going through a cost of living crisis. How many times have we sat here? Yeah. People are willing to compromise on their food quality. They will go to a cheaper supermarket. They will go to and eat an older food. Mm. But they're not going to compromise on their trainers, on mm. their shoes, on their clothing, on their mm. makeup. Because it's how they look that mm. matters. Mm. Because they have fallen for this narrative. Um, fake it till you make it. Mm. <laughs> and it, our our media tells kids that. Mm. Um, you know... In schools, who gets picked on? The one who doesn't have the brand, hmm. who doesn't have uh, um, uh, the, the, the 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 tagged baseball cap, or the or the trainers, or the or whatever. Hmm. And again, there is a fault of the bank. Banks—they throw money. The the, lead, the 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 less money you have, hmm. the more money they'll throw at you. Hmm. Yeah. Plain fact so it's a and parenting big problem, yeah, because what I'm talking about, this idea of faking it till you're making it, is also um the parents themselves are victims of that, hmm. Hmm. they want to become part and parcel of a certain circle and 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 all of this I wish there was a safe i wish there was an answer that could say, yeah, of course it's easy it's a it's a plethora of things that put together. Um that creates a person to commit crime and And money has a lot to do with it, wanting to do with it. um and education has a lot to do with it. um and the concept of respect again, um is is uh, and who we copy. We have always aligned ourselves to the American society instead of the European society. I know things are also bad in Europe, but they're not there's no they're nowhere near as nearly as bad mm. as. Uh, we have it in the United Kingdom because our culture, our, we, we are culturally, we have tied ourselves to the American society for so long that we, we believe that we refer to them as a special relationship and they're yeah. our cousins across the pond. You know, they, they, but but it is. Look at the shooting. We
0: had a drive-by shooting, what, last week? Yeah.
1: <clears throat> have you ever eight heard eight, of that? Yeah, in yeah. yeah. Mm.
0: It is getting worse. I, I agree with um you know one of the points that you made about cause the the living standard of people. Yeah. I you know when 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 I went to the Middle East just recently, I I thought about this very very um you know deeply about this this topic because the way people live there and their their perception and their understanding and their view about Law enforcement mm. is completely different to what we have here. Oh, there's fear. There, There is a fear, but there's also a respect. Authority. Authority. And then secondly, if you give people everything that they require, everything that they need, so meaning that you close the door for them to go and commit these crimes and commit, the, commit mm. these actions— um, then you have probably dealt with that problem in a very good way. Well,
2: the whole idea of the police and the law is that they create deterrence. Yeah. So
0: you won't. But that alone, I think, is not going to work. That alone doesn't work. So it, you have to have no, both. No. The these reason it doesn't together. work because they're never carried out. No. Even even punishments no, are never what, carried out. What I'm, what I'm saying is that even if you had that one side, just Law enforcement, right? So if you have, let's say, uh, tougher crime, mm-hmm. uh, tougher, tougher Punishment, punishments, yeah. but at the same time, you would have people living a life that is is not worthy of living in the mm-hmm. sense that, oh, they have to, you know, think about how to survive the day, uh, health care, you name it, education, all of these things. So you're not providing that side of, of, of the coin, but well, you're only looking at the punishment. That alone wouldn't of work. Of course not. No, I agree with you. Yes, it, 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 it's not, uh, you know, there's no one,
2: there's, there's no one thing that yes. will solve the issue. The, it, but again, it's mm. it, it's got to start from from the, from beginning. Yeah, education, parenting, uh, friends, media, yeah. uh, schooling, society, uh, your peers, mm. what, what youth clubs, what uh, um, uh, who your teachers are, how you how you behave.
3: Yeah. Mm.
2: In today's day and age, it's again call me old, call it whatever. We joke about it, but in our days, look. W- w- even, I remember referring to my female teachers as Miss and male teachers as Sir.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: 100%. Yeah. Because they are teachers. Yeah, that still happens. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. It, no, but this is what I'm saying. Most there sense. are teachers now yeah. who object to being called as Miss and Sir. Called me by my first name. Oh, first name. Yeah. Okay. Because they think that's one that's way cool. of, they, they think that's one way of engaging with children. Mm. You know, oh, we're taking down boundaries there are consequences if you take down boundaries. Yeah. They're children. They don't know what the boundaries are. You're a teacher. You're supposed to set the boundaries. Hmm.
1: Do you, looking at the the other side of it, would you also agree that um, when we were growing up, the fear of police uh, that, it does not exist, it anymore. exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. There used to anymore be a huge whatsoever. amount. Of, I mean, everybody used to fear the police.
2: Because we've demonized the police. Society, governments, media. No, but there should be more fear then if we have demonized them. We've demonized them to the point where the morale of the police, we we will pick on one instant and then we will paint everybody and taint everybody with the same brush. Like, um, you know, issues of racism. Suddenly, everyone's racist. Um, Issues of corruption. Suddenly, the whole police force is racist. Suddenly... What people forget when they do that, like now at the moment, this chap, mm. Nick, whatever his name is, who's been who's, mm. who's, who's admitted rapes and sexual uh, yeah. offences, and thank God he's been caught. Yeah, but that doesn't mean everyone we are tainting now. There are marches happening. Women are saying, "Oh, who you know? Police is not uh, we. This police force is not good enough to protect us." Mm. My question is. Well, who will then? We need to respect and recognize all institutions. There will be bad apples, but that doesn't mean everyone is. So, so. you're saying that it's it's affecting the morale.
1: It's been of demonized. The I, I have loads of friends yeah. who are in the police
2: force. Mm, okay. um, as you guys know, my son is 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 on his way. Um, uh, you know, God willing, he 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 wants to be joining the police force. Mm-hmm. Um, the police is are, are the people who uphold the law yeah mm. we need to respect that We enforce the law yeah they they enforce the law yeah and in even in the worst possible scenario we will have to um we will need the police yeah so we need to support the police and 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 not kind of judge them based on um terrible incidences which have been done by one or two people. And of course, it's not the fault of the police if they don't have enough people to deal with the number of crimes that are being caused. So it goes back to governance. If we have yeah. 40,000 police officers in a certain area and then suddenly the government decides to save money and we're going to get rid of 20,000, mm. uh, and then suddenly... We the crime rate goes shooting up, and and then and the police are put into a corner that they suddenly need to recruit people. Yeah, what happens is then there is a hole in the vetting process of the people. They will grab anyone. And, of course,
0: and, yeah. And, and and in order, the intention is does it fill? Yes, yeah. But again, th- w- what I said before, uh, it, from my experience, look, I was there for five days. Hmm. I kid you not. I saw a police car twice yeah. in five days in that city. Yes, Middle East. I saw East. them. I saw them twice. Okay,
2: Middle East is very different. I, have I in in my younger days, I spent a few months in, in, in Dubai, mm. um, in in the early nineties, and you know, in a country where if you bounce a check, mm. you would be put it into a cell, yeah, because it's just you've, mm. it, hence why they call it a dishonored check. Mm. It, it is a crime it's deemed as a crime it's, mm. it's a you know they will if somebody was to put a complaint against you in those days I don't know now but yeah, even, though, even now you absolutely know, you would yeah, be put into yeah. a prison because mm. it's fraud mm. um, you know drugs are um, not permissible Big, everybody yeah. knows Big number, you go yeah. to drugs and if you get caught red handed it's death penalty for crying mm-hmm. out loud mm-hmm. you know those things are there they do cause a deterrent yeah um, and and Education um, and the fear of the police, and this in, in, compare it to the Western countries, uh, compared to America, yeah. we focus so much on breaking the law, we glamorize so much crime in films. Mm. Um, we talk about music, music. you know, it is, it is deemed as cool mm. to challenge the policeman. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, I sometimes my uh, my own friends say, "Man, you're so pro police." I've had bad experiences in my youth mm. uh, with the with, with with the police. I grew up in a country where, you know, um, where, where I have I, I have uh, suffered uh, um, racial abuse from all, including uh, officers, when we were fifteen, sixteen year olds, mm, mm. Um, and uh, you know. Um, Kind of being pushed into a situation where we kind of retaliate, we do this, that, the other. But in in even in our days, when a policeman saw us on the street during school days, they used to grab us from the ear and tell us where to, to go home. Hmm. Today, if the policeman was to do that, oh. yeah,
0: that policeman will be in trouble. Out come the cameras. Yes. That policeman will be in trouble for for enforcing the law. (laughs) For physical assault. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I think that debate we do have here, that do we we have to empower the police a little bit more? Do we need to give them um, more uh, authority or whatever you want to call that? I think police already have enough
2: authority. Mm. I don't think there's no need. I think what needs is uh, training in how to carry out. Uh, Let's say stop and search. Stop and search is, I've been stopped and searched. Mm. In fact, I I tell you, you know, I know people, uh, prominent people who have been stopped and searched simply because of the color of their skin. It wasn't the stop and search that bothered. It's the manner it was done. Mm. You want to stop and search me because you think you have a a suspicion? Feel free to do so. You're a policeman. I'm a member of society. You can ask me and say, look, sir, Mm. we have this suspicion. But it's the mannerism which is the problem. Mm. It's the way I will be addressed which is the problem. So they have enough power. It's how you do it, which is to me problematic, and which is why, again, because of that treatment, someone who's been ill-treated, they they will then that will kind of uh, sow the seed.
0: For them to think
2: that everybody
0: is the same. Ah, exactly. And then they will... Lose that respect, lose that fear. Yes. And
2: they will challenge the police yeah, yeah. more. I mean, how many... Look, TikToks, I get sent here, there, and everywhere. People glare. Oh, look, they, they. Uh, this is what they did. And look, we shut the policeman up by telling him the law. The police doesn't know the law. Police, nobody ever puts a TikTok on... And, and I think this is where the police need to do... Every time they do something good, put it on TikTok. Let mm. people see that you are... Mm. Enforcing the law. Mm. That, you know, it, it uh, showed the positive side of it. Mm. At the moment, we all we see when it comes to police is negativeness. Yeah. And that
1: has an effect on young people. Let me ask you this. What sort of experience did you have when you recently got burgled with the police?
3: The
2: numbers is an issue. Um, when I called, um, there was... Uh, they were. They were. They were. They were uh, <coughs> short-staffed. They were short-staffed. Yeah. So they said they will get to us as soon as possible. That as soon as possible was twenty-four hours later. It's too late by then. Mm. Um, but then, within twenty-four hours, when they did come, they were polite. They took down details. They they did. They were sympathetic. Um, um, they they acted like they were they were supposed to act. Mm. Um, these these two guys, the police officers came, they gave me, you know, the relevant reference numbers. They uh, went to all the neighbors. They went to the neighborhood uh, community areas and they informed people that it wasn't just my house. There was four other houses that got affected as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they took down details, um, you know, the, all the stuff that a police supposed to do.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They right. did all that. Um but but with the short staffing, there's only so much that they can actually do. Yeah. They can, and and, and and this this is the problem.
2: Look, uh, I remember the police officers. I remember the police where they had separate staff to do admin. Mm. Today, when a policeman attends to a crime, he needs to go back and fill papers for it. Exactly, he yeah. will spend more time doing Those paperwork yeah. than yeah. Yeah. to enforce the law. Yeah. Yeah. There needs to be again. That's not the police's fault. Mm. If the people who govern them, who make the rules for them.
0: They need to kind of separate admin from enforcement. And I think, look, when you ask the question, how can we create a safer society, isn't, isn't that 60 to 70 percent where, where the responsibility lies? Yes the police can only do so much but if, again, that's 30% of the work, but I think when we, when it comes to prevention, we're not looking at prevention, we're looking at how to deal with the problem when it has already occurred
2: Yeah, right? and and uh, listeners who might be thinking, whoa, dude, these guys are very pro-police none of us are saying that there's no mistakes made in police, none of us are yeah, saying yeah. that there are massive uh, wrongdoings that have happened within mm. uh, police forces, yes they have mm. but how long are we going to sit on one thing and keep rotating it? blaming,
0: blaming keep blaming. Yeah? keep
2: blaming it. We need to move forward. We need to no, irrespective of what happens, we need to move forward we as 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 a society, the biggest mistake we will ever do. Is what people ask for in America as to defund the police and and mm-hmm. to to do this that the other same what a lot of people say here that we they shouldn't be a police service or police service needs to change or this that the other. We still have a police service, um, one of the best police services training hmm. in the world.
3: Yeah,
2: hmm. we need to we need to remember that our police officers don't carry guns. Yeah, that's also a reflection on. Um, we are still in a somewhat safe place. Yeah. Yes, we, we, there, there is all this crime, there's violence and whatnot. However, if one was to compare compared to other countries in the world, mm. we have a good police service. We need to staff them. We need to staff them
1: properly.
0: We yes. need to fund them. Yeah. yeah. Here with us on the line is the founder of the JJ Effect, an anti-knife crime campaigner and life coach. Uh, we're going to talk to Byron Heighton and talk uh, and ask him a few questions about this topic. Byron, good afternoon. Peace upon you and welcome to the Draft Drafton Show.
4: Good afternoon. Uh, nice to meet you all.
0: So. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, tell us about the work uh, that you do. Tell us about yourself. Uh, what is the JJ Effect and what do you do?
4: Yeah, so the JJ effect is my take on how education should be taught in schools when it comes to violence and knife crime and counter lines, grooming and so on. Um, When I first entered the industry, I was extremely shocked at how bad the quality of teacher was that was teaching such important lessons that could potentially save a child's life. So I got a laptop and I said, I'm going to make the UK's only fully over-18 rated knife crime presentation. Over the last five years, uh, we've now seen over 250,000 people. We've won the BBC Education of the Year and were widely known as the most craziest and powerful anti-knife talk in the actual country due to me changing the way and teaching methods that kids should be taught about such important lessons. Um, the company was set up because of my brother, John Joe Hyton, hence why the company's called the mm. JJ Effect, who was uh, sadly uh, stabbed on two separate occasions 25 times the first time Wow. And I was I was there that that ruined my life pretty much, and then we watched him change his life around. And then, due to uh, guilty by association, another lesson which is so important, he was walking home from the pub, and he was uh, stabbed brutally to death. Um, and now he's classed as one of the worst murders in UK in the last twenty five years. Um, so everything stems from his death.
2: Um, Byron, could you tell us about uh, what is the goal um, of of or this, 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 this great work you're doing.
4: The goal is to be, to be. I, I, I don't mess around, and I don't muddle my words. The, the quality of, of anti-narcotics. I say this to everywhere I go. For example, if you have a child, and your kid goes to school, and they've got a math teacher, and you find out that that math teacher isn't delivering that lesson to a certain quality that is going to benefit that kid's life forever, you would complain, wouldn't you? Yes. So why are we having people go in? to schools whether it's about county lines grooming criminal exploitation knife crime uh sex education and the kids are not even talking about the lesson mm. i go to schools from five years ago where when i when i go back to the schools they've still got billboards up posters up about the jj effect the kids are all like oh my god the jj effect's here again that was the point if a kid doesn't remember the lesson you're trying to teach them then what's the point in teaching them so the goal is to be as we are now the best at what we do in setting new standards and, and that that was what I, my my first original goal and i think it will always be the thing that drives me to keep doing the the sessions at this level of let's say extreme violence that we do in schools and prisons across the country
2: Baron, and i have a question in, in a sense with related to knife crime what yeah. has the definition for young people The definition of the term respect and knife crime,
4: are they connected? Yeah, of course they are. It's gone. Explain that for our
2: listeners, please.
4: Yeah, everyone wants to pass the blame. the, the end of the it, like day, I've just heard you speaking about police officers. Yep. Some of my very good close friends are police officers, and police officers are not to blame. Yep. Police officers don't come direct from government. Yes, Police officers come from slums. They come from council estates. They, and, and to become a police officer, you have to have a degree. So there's a lot yep. of effort that goes into becoming a police officer, even before you become a police officer. Yes, I know female police officers that have had, that been stabbed, that have been shot at they've been beaten up, they've had their teeth knocked out, but yet they still go to work next day. Yep. I also know people that work in warehouses that if they get a cold, they'll have two days off. Hmm. Do you understand how, how lucky we are to have these police officers? Without Knife crime is culture. It is fashion. If Rihanna dies her her red, kids die their hair red, and now you've got drill music, then you've got the artists which are making this extremely violent music, being sponsored by people like JD Sports and Foot Asylum... And then the kids buy them clothes. It's like we are now not humans, we are consumers. Yes. And knife crime, unfortunately, makes money. If the government really wanted to save kids' lives, you know what they'd do? They'd ban social media to your 18, and they banned anti-knife crime violent music from the primetime radio. But they won't do it because, sadly, it makes too much money, and that's the reality of the world that we're living in: is that we are not humans; we are consumers, and it's also the bottom line from the council estates, from the normal communities that sadly lose our sons and daughters. i I'm, you know,
2: I I agree with every single thing you're saying. I I, I think banning, as you so rightly said, is not going to happen because sure. because end of the day, it's it's uh, it's the bottom line that matters for, for mm-hmm. from a government's point of view, and, and likewise the police enforces the law they don't decide who how many numbers which is always an issue in the police force yeah. that they don't have enough people to deal with the number of crimes that are being committed
3: 100 uh,
2: percent you know it's not the fault of the police they try their best um, and and to 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 taint the whole force because there's a few bad apples there are a few bad apples in all industries that yeah, doesn't mean like, everyone like, is bad
4: yeah that'd be like it's, it's like for example um uh, there's bad bus drivers. There's yep. bad. There's bad. Um, there's bad uh, musicians that yes. are actually behind the scenes bad. There's bad movie stars. There's hmm. bad police officers. But for some reason. If one one police officer, let's say in 20,000 officers, does Mm. something which, yes, was wrong, he he might have done something racist, something that broke the law, and he made a mistake or he did it intentionally, let's get rid of that bad apple and move on. But then for some reason, because it's a police officer, there'll be a Facebook post which gets 100,000 views and likes of people um, saying, oh, police are bad, police are bad. What, what, what about the bad doctors, the bad bus drivers, the bad hmm. musicians? You understand what I'm saying? Hundred percent.
2: Now you mentioned Facebook, and yeah. f- so I'm taking that social. I'm I'm going to interpret that as social media as a whole.
4: Yeah, social media. What's
2: the role of social media here within within uh, you know youth violence and, and knife crime?
4: Social media has unfortunately removed human interaction. It's moved um, the the way kids think entirely. It's moved the way that kids speak to each other. See, I'm not just a knife-crime teacher. I'm a life coach, and I work in a number of crews across the country. And the way that kids now get away with speaking to one another and the attitudes to one another and the staff is unbelievable. I've got so many crazy stories of what these kids are doing to these teachers. It will blow your mind. You, you, put it this way, the two X-rated for radio. Yeah. But social media is like, for example... You could, we, uh, well, for example, I'll give you a personal example. If I'm with one of my youths that I'm supporting, they will, we're walking down the street, they'll see someone they know, and they won't say nothing to them. But then they'll get the phone out and they'll just say, Hmm. hello, i just seen you then, what you up to, mate? And they'll go, yeah, i just seen you, you should have said hello. Hmm. But why didn't you say hello in the first place? Yes. The problem is we are removing entirely social interaction and resilience and if you remove them two key ingredients from a young child's bread, what are they going to do in the big bad world when they get the first job, lose the first job, have the first breakup from a relationship? You know what I mean? Do you understand yes, where I am going? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. Now, now, you know,
2: um, when, when I was young, I am I'm no academic. I remember young. We used to get into fights. We used to, you know, we were in trouble. We we used to, you know, the, the, but. The, the, but there were still boundary lines. <laughs> we still had parameters we knew we couldn't go beyond. Yeah. You know, I was always in trouble with my parents. I was always in trouble with the loc- with when, when we used to turn up to the mosque and everybody like, oh, he's a bad boy. You know, he got <laughs> into he got into trouble. Yeah. But the one advantage we had um, in school, my head of year had access to the local youth club and he used to say, Go to the youth club. We had pool tables there, dartboards, we had basketball courts, we we were playing patboard in those days. Mm. We had other activities, we had not youth workers, but teachers were giving time out to go to youth workers on alternate bases. Um, we had uh, punch bags where you could punch, uh, you know, boxing bunch. We had all these facilities that were part and parcel of um, uh, um, a joint setup with the local authority. Um, and the school. Now, clearly, that's not happening now. Mm-hmm. What, what is there out there to prevent? What facilities and provisions are out there for youngsters to prevent getting into this uh, 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 life-threatening um, situation?
4: It's very difficult that question to be answered because we run youth clubs. We're currently in the process of, hopefully, fingers crossed, setting up our next one, which is going to be even bigger than what we've already done before. And we've seen the benefits of having a youth club. Some are, some of the kids we've helped in the last, let's say, year have gone off to join the army. Uh, one of them is actually, one of them actually called Ray. Just won um, last year the most turned around kid in the in the in the Lancashire. Mm. Um, just by working with them. so we've seen the pros of owning a youth club and, and seeing the benefits what does get kids off the street. The problem is there is still a mass amount of kids that one won't come to a youth club or two will come to the youth club. And it's like the, the generation has changed far beyond what people see unless you're in this industry. For example, when I was a kid, just like you, if we went to a youth club, competition was a big thing, wasn't it? Yes. I, I remember even playing um, Duck, Duck, Goose. Yes. Or Tig or Tig. <laughs> and you, you'd never want to get caught, would you? No. And I, I, and I know this sounds bad because, you, again, you shouldn't discriminate everyone. Yeah. But let me tell you now, I'm in this sector. Kids have gotten so lazy. It yes. is unbelievable. And again, that's all a part of this new modern generation and the, with the path that we're going down. So youth clubs are amazing because I've seen them work. But yeah. there's also... This horrible thing where kids are getting more lazier, more arrogant, more disrespectful. The, it's like um, we're living in the iPad generation, aren't we? And if you're not hitting that um, you know, that buzz, that feeling that they've got to be doing something every two minutes, they'll get bored and they'll leave. So Bar- it's like you're battling you're battling against society. It's so difficult.
2: My, my final question, uh, where do the parents fear in?
4: Don't get this again. That's another difficult question because I've been to, for example, the JJFF, We do weapon collections. We've collected guns, knives. We've got we've gotten over five hundred knives. All right. Um, I've picked knives off kids when I've gone to the homes where yes, 100% is, is crazy. Where the parents are doing drugs. You walk into the house. There's doors missing. It's violent, and they're, they're carrying knives but I've also been to houses where there's been Ferraris on the front drive and the, the, the mum or dad's been going, I don't know what to do, Byron, we've given him everything, but he's still carrying knives. And that is a prime example right there, how it doesn't matter where you come from, because knife crime is popular because of fashion and culture. Yeah. And, and, and I can give you that 100%. <clears throat> I, I've taken knives off girls, I've taken knives off men, uh, women, uh, bouncers, uh you name it, we've done it, and there is no sort of um, similarities, if you will, to who carries knives. It's just popular. And, and, and I hate to say it, but it's carrying a knife and rapping about it and, and swinging it about is fashion, and that's horrible that humans can act like that.
2: Wonderful. Byron Highton, thank you so much for My taking pleasure. time out and coming on to the Drive Time Show. Um, I, I think we do, you, you know, you're doing fantastic work. May God Almighty reward your endeavours. And, and, you know, save more and more youngsters from coming into, uh, you know, getting involved into, into this kind of criminal behavior in the first place. Uh, I wish you a fantastic evening and a weekend ahead. Peace be with you, brother.
4: Peace be with you. Thank, Thank
2: you. you.
0: 208 687 Don't forget, in the second half of the program we're going to talk about brain health and we're asking you the question, how do you keep your brain healthy? Is it through exercise and diet? Is it through learning new skills? Is it through reading or is it through sleeping well? Go to Voice of Islam UK on Instagram and leave us a comment and if you want to get in touch with us over Twitter you can do so at Voice of Islam UK
2: Raza, you've lived in Germany um, yeah. in your youth. <coughs> What's the outlook there? What is it? Is it different? I is think, Europe different from UK? I,
0: I think we're 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 getting to the same level as as everyone else everywhere. What I mean by that is, but uh, your police, no, German police, is,
2: is is is. I tell you, they scared the hell out of me
0: <laughs> with those big guns. I, I think I think we're at. As I said, social media is something that is everywhere now. Yeah. Right, and the message is pretty much the same. We, I remember, um, th- there, there was a huge change in how the youth and how the young, younger generation, how they viewed the police, how they viewed society, because of the the eruption of YouTube, hmm. because of social media you have now rappers that you had to buy the music off before yeah. which was not that accessible as it is now i mean there's a new song released you instantly have it on on, on youtube hmm. and if you look at the message it's 80 to 90 percent it's the same isn't it that i've come from this Background: I've lived this tough of a life. I've had this problem with the police. This is how I dealt with it. And all gangster and all that stuff, right? So
2: all uh, you know. So that abusive res- swear words, yeah, yeah, yeah. degradation of women, exactly. So um, that
0: that respect of the police that you had before. I mean, look. Generally speaking, in certain in certain circles, you always had this 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 hostile relationship with the police or with law enforcement, with the law. Hmm. Let's just say the law. But Nowadays, again, the numbers that we've spoken about—this is this is a rise in the last what year or two mm. since 2020. That's that's three years, and it has been a huge. There has been a huge spike in these things, and I think. Look, I I've I haven't been there. I haven't lived there for like last ten twelve years, but from what I hear, it is the same kind of problems, uh, that, we are problems that we're facing here,
2: brother Daniel. Um, you know, we've talked from the Western perspective. I know um, from, from, let's say, from South Southeast Asia, or Southern Asian countries. What's and we've we've given brother brother Raza talked about the Middle East.
1: What's the outlook there? The outlook uh, for crime, outlook for police. Uh, what do you mean? Both. Is uh, is is it as bad as here? I, I think it 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 would vary. Uh, so when you know, it's difficult to generalize South Asia. Uh, I think Bangladesh is very different from India, which is very different from Nepal, which is very different from Pakistan, which is very different from Sri Lanka. What about the respect of the law? I I think in in general the trend is uh, is pretty much akin to what we've discussed here. I think that is this uh, I think the, this phenomenon of uh, uh, of lack of respect for for the police some some of it is unfortunately uh, in those countries, especially in, in that Malay. I think it's 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 uh, a problem that they have caused themselves there's a lot of corruption in the in the mm. police there as well but um yeah when you when you talk about uh, lack of respect i think that's it's uh, it's a very uh, shall i say even a global phenomenon you we, you were earlier talking about um, uh you know policing here and policing in across the pond um i remember back in the 90s uh, new york city Used to be a crime. Mm. Uh, used to be a hub for yeah, uh, yeah. for pickpocketing, for mugging. Mm. You know, they it used to be a, It used to be globally renowned for yeah, that. If yeah. I can Bills put it that way. And Rudy Giuliani came in. Zero percent tolerance. Zero, Zero tolerance, tolerance and, and empowered the police. Mm. Uh, gave them what they wanted, and it was solved. Mm. Solved within a space of a few years. Mm. So I think, yeah, it's, it it is about a lot about equipping the police with the right, giving giving them, give the them right what they need, right? Yeah, right tools. The right mm-hmm. tools.
2: Mm-hmm. Now within the Amdi Muslim community, um, the second caliph of the Amdi Muslim community and the uh, son of the founder of uh, the, the community, Hazimizulama, the son and the promised son, Hazimizabushir Din Mahmud Ahmed, may Allah have mercy on us all, he emphasized the importance of the youth a lot. In, yeah and mm. and he referred to and and it's a it's a term we use so often but when i sometimes think about it and look at the the state of the world today and the state of the youth today globally and i think what a relevant what a what a significant statement when he talked about the the that nations uh, building of nations mm. and the and the
0: contribution of the youth mm. Mm. You cannot, they, they, reform you, cannot. you cannot
1: reform absolutely. a society
0: without you know, reforming the youth. Yeah, 100%. And isn't that more relevant today than ever? It is. And we're going to talk about this after the news at five. But before that, we're going to play a clip uh, with uh, Junior Smart. Uh, we spoke to Junior Smart, who's the founder of the SOS Project and, the youth, and a youth violence expert. Um, and this is what uh, Junior Smart had to say.
5: I'm joined by Junior Smart, founder of the SOS Project and youth violence expert. Um, welcome to the Drive Time Show. Thank you for joining us. Um, thank you. I want to start off by asking you: uh, Could you tell us about yourself and Smart Training uh, and Consultancy?
6: Okay. All right. So uh, my background wasn't too dissimilar to, you know, the young people that we talk about when we talk about gangs and group youth violence although for me i wouldn't have called them a gang at all they were a group of friends these were people i'd known for a very long period of time and um being with them led to making some wrong choices i got sent down in 2001 for a drug-related offense and in that time i decided i'd try and save my life and save as many young people's lives that i came across so ever since that time back in 2001, I've been responsible for developing interventions that work not just with gangs, but with young people caught up in that vulnerable cycle, uh, their families, uh, group violence, and I've been fortunate enough um, as an adult to return to adult education, um, and I'm now one of the, you know, leading, you know, so they say I'm a leading voice on the issues of violence um in, in London. Um, I develop interventions that work with young people to help them break that cycle. A lot of it's to do with one-to-one support, coming from people with first-hand experience like myself, people with a criminal record. Um, but also about education, going into schools, prevention, and training professionals on not only knowing what signs to look for, but how to engage with young people better. There's a lot to be desired from some of the agencies out there in the way that they deal with our young people. Mm. And um, so I'm, response- I'm, I'm pleased to say that I'm part of changing that, that narrative around young people.
5: That's really encouraging. And so gang violence among the youth is on the uh, on increase in certain neighbourhoods. Could you tell us about the, the Serious Youth Training and Awareness Service?
6: Yeah, so um, I develop, um, I run sessions with young people and I deliver training sessions to professionals and this is all about the realities of, of what is really going on for the young people, the sort of traps that are out there, you know it's quite a big thing in terms of gangs and violence and drug dealing. It's quite, it's entered into mainstream media in a big way. You know, we hear lots of people talking about trapping, making money illegitimately, Mm. serving up drugs and all of that sort of stuff and about the money that can be made. And, you know, the reality is for a young person, you know just like you know when we had a lot of misinformation around covid there's a lot of misinformation floating around about young people these messages don't tell them the full cost the consequences the impact on the family it just sells one story that there's money to be made um, and of course for a young person lots of the young people we work with they're coming from disadvantaged backgrounds mm-hmm. you know like We are in this day and age in a situation where families are struggling, they're struggling to eat. I've spoken to families only last week that are making really difficult decisions on whether to put food on the table or keep the heating on. Mm. And if you're a young person and you see this, your your parents, they're working, but it's not getting them anywhere or they are struggling. You know, you're going to think to yourself, well, I can't ask my mum or my dad for Mm. what I want it's better off I go out there and I get it for myself. And it's these sorts of people that these groups are targeting. They're targeting the young people, the people that are that with misinformation. They don't understand the consequences. They're targeting families in vulnerability. Um, and they're even targeting families that with that with after, and I'm working with children that have got both parents present, you know, sustainable incomes. But they're getting lured into this. And i once sure you're caught in that you're once you're part of it you're basically getting exploited which means you're taking all the risks for somebody else and then once you're criminalized your chances of getting a job your chances of traveling abroad your chances of having a bank account your all of your life choices are changed and that's what i want to do really is stop young people entering into that cycle um in the first place and i do that through education training and employment
5: no, it it's really interesting because, you know, they're they're being manipulated but they think they're getting an advantage through them through the money that they're getting. Um, so why why is mentoring young people important to raise awareness on violent crimes?
6: Okay. Mentoring young people is so important. You know, when you know, if we said if I said to you, you know, what are one of the reasons why young people get involved, a common thing you probably hear lots of people say is You know, lack of role models. And that's only partly true.
3: Hmm.
6: What the young people tell us is it's a lack of relatability. Who do they see around them that they can relate to that understands what's, what's going on for them? You know, if you look across government, how many of those people in government in hierarchies of power is it that the young people can look up to can relate to can say right actually you're setting a positive example for me like not many and many of those politicians they they're so fragmented from the reality that the young people are facing they, of course, they're going to come at it with a different. You only have to see what happened with the school dinners. That like they were saying, well, you know, children shouldn't have school dinners over this period. They took a footballer to turn it round. Mm. The reality of that is many of those MPs have never had to struggle to find money, never had to struggle to find, to put food on the table. They come from, you know, highly, profitable affluent backgrounds the young people they need relatability they need people on their level and why mentoring is so important mentoring literally means someone who's gone before i have mentors now as an adult people that can help me navigate you know the education Mm. system the political system they can help me engage with groups i wouldn't be able to reach and mentoring these young people when they realize actually we know what the reality is And we're there to help them. We're there to support them. They can ask us anything. Believe me, they take that up. You know, I get asked questions all of the time, like, what is prison really like? Yeah. You know, like now I'm an academic. Mm. How easy was it for you to change from one life to another? I'm telling you, it's exactly the same amount of effort I used to do on road. I'm now applying to my studies. Mm. And it's the same thing. I'm telling young people, look, success is out there. You've just got to be ready for it. You've got to be ready to take that opportunity when it's there. Um, You know, that's what they need. They need people that they can aspire to, people that they can relate to. And, you know... I've spoken to kids about the dangers of carrying the knife, the dangers of violence, um, and I can be real with them. I can say to them, look, it's not just about don't carry a knife. It's actually about, right, okay, you're going to have to make some tough choices, but here's the reality of it. You know, the people you're looking at as your friends, you might have to realise that they're not your friends. You might have to be looking after your family. You're going to have to be stepping up and making some real tough decisions, but believe me, it will pay off in the long run
5: oh definitely and so some some more practical advice I guess uh, what is something parents should look out for if they are okay. concerned that their child is getting involved in a gang
6: yeah the reality is you know so there's a lot of narrative out there that says that's like you know blame the parents where are the parents mm. the parents aren't doing enough but I can honestly take my hat off to any parent they don't make rule books for, for being a good mm. parent like there aren't anything out there what I would say to parents is Listen. You, the advantage is actually in your hands. You know your child inside and out. And if something doesn't seem right, you go with your gut instinct. You know, go into their room, ask yourself where are the, the places my son wouldn't want to hide. Where's the places my son or daughter would hide stuff? What are the things my son or daughter wouldn't mm. want to tell me or show me? And ask those questions. And the key thing here is to really open up open channels of communication. You want to be the person that your child, no matter how in trouble, you know, they think they're going to be. You know, one of the things young people often say is, you know, I can't go to my mum or my dad because they'll be really mad. They'll be really angry at me. So I'll go to my friends and we need to get rid of that. Parents also need to lean on each other. You know, what one parent is experiencing another parent, her his or her experiences are not going to be too far dissimilar. I think if community is the first sign of defence and if parents get into the habit of holding hands instead of looking at each other like you're the cause, then actually we'll be, we'll get a lot more success with engaging with our young people and turning them around because you know i used to be one person inside of the house you know if you spoke to my mum, god rest her soul back then she'd say my son's an angel but believe me when i was outside of the house i was a completely different thing and this is the thing a lot of the kids might be one person inside the home you know abide by the rules arrive on time look smart yes no so all of that stuff but when they're outside the house it's a different thing and if parents can just link hands then we get rid of that we get rid of the shroud of of lies we get rid of the the mask Mm. of of um, ambiguity and we get to the truth and that's what's really important
5: that was really insightful and inspiring thank you so much you are listening to the recording of a
2: live
0: show please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. Assalamu alaikum Peace peace upon you, and welcome back to The Drive Tom Show here on The Voice of Islam. Today with myself, Raza, Brother Daniel, and Brother Kiyum. we were talking about violent crime and how can we create, can we even create, a safer society? Just before the news, you were listening to an interview that we had with one of our guests. Uh, Junior Smart, who is the founder of of the SOS Project and Youth Violence Expert. So we want to say thank you to Junior Smart as well for joining us here on the Drive Time Show. Um, And also, just before we play that interview, Brother Kiyum, you were talking about the second caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmoud Ahmad, peace be upon him, um, who, may Allah be pleased with him, uh, who spoke about the role of the youth. I mean, the reason why he... Uh, split, I wouldn't say split, but organize the community into different auxiliaries is for them to function better, for them to be more efficient. So when you have the age brackets from 7 to 15, from 15 to 40, and from 40 above uh, for the male, and then you have uh, a similar structure on, on, on the female side, the way the community is organized that you have this interaction between the, the, the kids or you know, the teenagers or the grown-ups with, a, with the community from a very young age, from the age of seven, uh, sometimes even before, I mean, looking at uh, the, the Vakminov scheme as well, is to get them engaged. And I think this is something that many people that I have spoken to who are from outside the community, that you explain the system to them, you, s- you explain the administration, um, they, they rate the system quite, quite highly.
2: Because every age group, every age group has been given responsibilities in accordance with... It's not just, oh, age groups were set and, and, um, you know, um, for for the sake of it, but it was to emphasize the importance of the youth um, and the effects that they would have, their actions would have on society as a whole. Um, It also um, allowed people to get together um, call it a youth club call it um, um, a gathering of of like-minded individuals and people from uh, from a from a range of ages um, who are deemed as youth who are there to act as mentors team leaders um, compatriots um, peers but all focusing and being guided on a single message yeah there wasn't different messages. There wasn't different uh, schools of thoughts. There wasn't different opinions or or um, um,
0: uh, gray areas. Yeah, but it's also was, it's also the fact <clears throat> that you have engagement, that you have something to do. It gave you a sense of belonging it, and purpose. Yeah, yes. belonging and purpose. Belonging it,
2: is very important because today most youth they don't know where they belong.
0: And isn't, isn't, isn't that the age, 15, 16? Yes. Even sometimes, old well, depending Well, it's on the, the most age, difficult 13, age. It's 14, the most 15, challenging 16, age. 16, where you have these young offenders who, got, who get into this gang crime, who get into this gang violence, gang culture... Uh, who get influenced by the music and the society that they live in, films and social media nowadays? Well, now it's twelve, ten, yeah. eleven, so twelve years. So if you years, start yeah. at that age of six, seven, hmm. and you give you impart that knowledge to them that this is this is right, this is wrong, hmm. this is what your faith is all about. This is the benefit that you can get from that. These are the reasons why you shouldn't get into you know the different wrong, wrong fields and whatnot. Um, then you wouldn't have that problem at the age of 14, 15, because they would have that, that basic understanding about the consequences, the do's and don'ts. Just a thought comes to mind. I'm sure Brother Daniel will
2: agree here. We live in a society within Europe. You have free education from hmm. nursery hmm. all the way to college. In one time, there was up to university. Yeah. The system itself doesn't value that, the, 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 the governors or whoever, the, the, the elderly people. Hmm. Or the part of society, they don't teach the, the youth that if this system was picked
0: up and taken to a third world country,
1: oh, well, yeah, absolutely, they wouldn't Both. be
0: third world anymore. No, mm-hmm. you could change that within within months right. because
2: the sacrifices people make <clears throat> to ensure that their children go to school mm. compared to here, where the system actually gives it to you for free. Mm. There is that lack of sense of appreciation or gratefulness as to how valuable, really, the system of of, of education is available in in the in in Europe or West. Mm.
1: I want to pick up another point that you make, mm. Brother Brother Kuma, about uh, the importance of uh, having the right mentors. Yes, um, very important, at, at especially in, in these very impressionable uh <clears throat> this impressionable age of you know twelve fourteen fifteen um and I want to bring in the um the mosque yes as the uh, as the hub of activity hmm. in a Muslim society. Hmm. Uh, You know, we're sitting right now here at Bethel Fathu, and, 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 you know, this is more than just a mosque. It's a community center. It's a community center. It is. uh, So we have a gym here. We have... um, We have courts, badminton courts, basketball courts. Multipurpose. Yes. uh, You know, hall, uh, all those facilities. We have a library here. We have these studios here. Uh, You know, all sorts of activities. And that community...
2: I'm sure you correct me. You don't mean Muslims us lot. It means the wider community, the local community. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean the multipurpose hall, the whole yeah. mosque. Actually, the whole complex is open to anybody, anybody, uh, yeah, within you know, in the local community, anybody at all. And and that I think is. It, that is the
0: answer, isn't and, it? And in, even before that, look, the mosque is, uh, you know, we have this it's complex. We have this complex. That's, Imagine absolutely. you don't yeah. have a complex where you have a sports hall, where you have a gym and all sure. these things. If it's just, you know, in some countries, you just have a room. Right. The, one of the reasons that we've been taught of, of, of why you have five daily congregational prayers oh. is so that people... Gatherings. Gatherings, so yeah. that people know... All right. If somebody doesn't show up for for the prayers, mm. yeah. you wonder what's happening. Is he okay? Then you have an opportunity to check up on that. You would inquire, inquire. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah.
1: Also, also, I think the availability of support. You know, yes. young people yes. not getting lost. Mm. Exactly. They, they know. You know. They they see these elders around. They see a community hub. They see other people. They see good examples, and they know where
0: to go to. Belong. They they know what they can get out of that, yeah. what the benefits are. They're right in front of them, um, where you can exchange ideas, where you can you know have these mentors that we were talking about. Yeah. Now, gentlemen, um, I I hate to break it to you, but we're gonna have to. Stick to a few timings here now. Uh, our next guest for today, we're going to move on from this topic after we have spoken to uh, Brother Ghulam Ahmed, who's with us on the line. We're going to ask him a few questions about this. Uh, he uh, has been no stranger. To, he's not, no stranger to the Draft Time show, of course. Um, a Holistic health and life coach for uh, the entrepreneurs and executives. He helps men, men gain unshakable confidence so they can show up powerfully in their professional lives and personal lives as well. Ulam, to the Draft Time Show.
7: Well, as Thank you for having me. JazakAllah.
0: Thank you so much for, for joining us today, as always. Um, the ho- holistic health coaching, what exactly, just very quickly, is, is holistic health coaching all about?
7: Great question. Holistic means taking a look at a person as a whole. So when you're helping someone, you're looking at every aspect of their being. So their emotional health, their mental health, their spiritual health their physical health, their financial health, their relational health, etc. Et so you're looking at everybody's uh, being as a whole instead of just focusing on one aspect um, and helping them with whatever challenge or struggle mm-hmm. they're facing in their life.
0: So when we talk about violence, when we talk about the, the 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 increase in violence, especially in the last two, three years, do you think that violent crime has an effect on the health and well-being of a person? Is a person's health-related to, to, to increase of violence, or is that far removed from, from the truth? Uh,
7: I think it depends on what type of health we're talking about. I think it's absolutely related to your emotional and mental health. Mm. Um, I think that's what causes people to be in positions where they are committing crimes. Essentially, our behavior is always derived by what we're thinking and what we believe. So, based on our beliefs and our thoughts, we will behave. And if you're behaving in a violent manner, it's because on a mental and emotional level, you are distraught, and you're trying to take control of your life. And the way that you find that you can take control is through violence.
0: Hmm. All right, wonderful, JazakAllah For that, um, so in cases like this, what 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 do you tell um, you know those individuals, those young people that come to you, how how to approach?
7: life yeah well i would i would go back down to asking them about what they stand for and what they stand against Hmm. because you can find good in everything that you do so human beings are we're designed we have all of us have this parts of us that can become violent
3: Hmm. can
7: become angry that can become destructive it is part of our design It's if we use it for good or not. Like in the time of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, the Sahabas and the companions of the Holy Prophet, they took part in many physical wars. They were warriors. They were physically fit. They were in a position to defend themselves and to also attack when they were attacked upon. So if you can channel and speak to the youth, hey, you're doing this, how can you use it to do good instead? Hmm. And ask them about what they stand for. Do they stand to oppress people or do they stand to protect people? so you can essentially you have to change your beliefs you have to change your minds hmm. and their beliefs about why what they're doing what they're doing in a way where you can make it positive instead of it just being hey don't do that because whenever you tell a human to not do something <laughs> yeah. they do exactly what you're telling yeah. him not to do exactly so i would approach it from i would approach it from you know the verse of the holy quran where allah says that if you if you kill one person it's as if you've killed all of mankind hmm. But if you save one person, it says you've saved all of mankind. So yeah. do you want to be a person that is a protector or do you want to be a person that is an oppressor? Wonderful. That's how I would take it, um, essentially for when I'm talking to the youth specifically. And it would be different if I'm talking to parents or if I'm talking sure. to somebody else, but that's what I would say. Wonderful.
0: Ghulam, well, thank you very much. JazakAllah, as always. Great to have you on. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for, but inshallah, we'll get you back on as soon as we can. Holistic Health and Life Coach for Amdi Entrepreneurs and Executives, Ghulam Ahmed with us on the line. JazakAllah for your time, brother. All <laughs> all right, zero two zero eight is the number for you to call. We are going to move on to the second topic for today. And uh, that is something that we're asking. Uh, in regards to that, we're asking you a question in our opinion poll on Instagram. So go to uh, Voice of Islam UK on Instagram and leave us a comment. And that's about the brain. Can we brain train? Can we train our brain? Which is a fascinating organ, suspended in fluid, this complex mass of blood vessels and nerves and neurons regulates our entire body, our entire whole system, from blinking, breathing, movement, to regulating emotions, um, generating thoughts, storing memories. It's, it's actually a phenomenal organ. It's, it's, it's so complex, something that we probably don't understand up to uh, 100% even today. Which makes us ponder over the entire of of the of the sheer beauty and the intelligence with which God Almighty has made us has fashioned us, God Almighty states in the Holy quran in chapter sixty four verse four and he shaped you and made your shapes beautiful, and to him is the ultimate return and you also have verses where God Almighty sp- speaks about and talks about the whole entire process of how a human being is actually made of how a human develops um from the the, the the fetus all the way when you shape and you put flesh on the bones when the bones are created and just remember this think about this this was told to an unlettered person someone who didn't know how to read and write in a time where microscopes didn't exist in a time where DNA tests didn't exist in a time where science was nowhere close to where it is today in the middle of the desert Um, Here's a man talking about the creation, about the birth of a human being and how that actually happens. And that same person said that there are two blessings which many people do not appreciate, health and leisure. So brain health plays a vital role in our overall health. It underlies our ability to communicate, to make decisions, to solve problems, and live also a productive life. Even the smallest change in the brain's structural or functional ability can quite literally shut our entire body down. Stroke, for example, something that we've spoken here on the Drive Time Show many, many times, caused by a small clot in the brain's blood vessels can limit a person's ability to to walk um to talk or even you know to smile You have stress levels that are just skyrocketing in today's day and age, which can hinder our ability to function properly in our day-to-day lives. And it can cause memory loss, mood and behavioral change, and can lead to diseases such as high cholesterol or diabetes. And I can go on and on and on. So these are just a few things that are connected with our brain. Here with us to talk a little bit more about this topic is our first guest, for this part of the program. We're going to talk to Caroline Williams. Caroline is a science writer, uh, an author, and a consultant to the New Scientist magazine. And we welcome her to the Draft Time Show. Caroline, good afternoon, peace upon you, and welcome to the Draft Time Show.
8: Afternoon. Thanks for having me on.
0: Now, we're talking about brain training. The question that we're asking in our opinion poll today to our listeners is how do we keep our brain healthy, Uh, So the few options that we've given is exercise and diet, learning new skills, reading, sleep well, but I'm sure you can enlighten us on this a little bit more. Can you?
8: Yeah, well, I mean, all of those things are a really good idea. I mean, if you talk about um, trying to keep your brain healthy throughout your whole life, there are a few things that are really, really important. One is physical activity. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's including exercise, which is what we think of, um, you know, getting into some trainers and getting your heart rate up. But also anything that is active is really good for your brain. Um, our bodies and our brains are very much connected. So, so that's possibly the most important thing. Things like having a great social life, having some meaningful work or a purpose to your life, whether that's paid work or work in your life. These are all the main things that can keep your brain healthy and, and in good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, barring anything like a stroke or whatever, but, you know, something going horribly wrong. But it, in general, those are the things that can keep your brain healthy throughout your life.
0: Wonderful. Now, when we speak about, for example, um, the overall body, we talk about when, when you get to an, a certain age, that your, your, let's say, your knees are giving up, or you have difficulty walking. But the brain that controls a lot more than just the, the, the organs. So can brain training, can that be helpful in preventing, let's say, you know, cognitive decline, uh, dementia, and 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 um, disease related to, to, to that?
8: Well, brain training has been around um, for a while now. And there's been a lot of research into whether it can actually help people um, for things like cognitive decline and that sort of thing as well. And... The trouble with it is it's very difficult to prove that brain training games, if, you know the kind of things that you get on apps and mm. doing puzzles and sudokus and things like that, it's very difficult to prove that if you get much better at the games um, on these apps and these puzzle books, that that actually makes you better at anything else other than the thing you've been practicing. So it's a little bit like if you think of, think of like physical exercise, it's mm. a bit like doing lots of sit-ups and expecting your arms to be stronger. You no, know, it doesn't really work like that. So it's been very, very hard to prove scientifically that brain training um, transfers to anything else to, to keep you younger. On the other hand, we do know that people, if they have this, um, you know, an active life, an active social life and some purpose, that does seem to sort of buffer the decline in in uh, that happens naturally with age. So the best things you can do really aren't those brain training games because there's very little evidence that they actually work.
2: Caroline, what's IQ
8: got to do with brain training? Very little really. I mean, IQ is very tricky because not everyone can agree on what it actually measures Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of debate about the questions that are in it and whether they're whether they are really measuring what it means to be intelligent or whether there's you know there's sort of cultural factors that maybe the questions don't gel with some people and you have to have had a certain education to get them in the first place um so i think it's i mean you can you can learn to to be better on certain tests but whether that reflects your intelligence um, I don't really know. You know, I think I think doing, practicing one thing makes you better at that one thing. It doesn't necessarily make you better at everything.
2: You, your book Override talks about your journey to understand the human mind. So, what was the mm-hmm. idea behind the book?
8: Well, it was really to understand the mind in general, but by using myself as a bit of a guinea pig to try and try and get to the grips with. The question of, well, if brain training doesn't really work as a general thing, but we do know our brains adapt as we go through life. Everything we experience, everything we do, is written in our brains and they physically change through our whole lives. So I thought, well, if if that's the thing, what, what should we be doing? You know, how can I increase my creativity? How can I improve my ability to pay attention and to be less anxious? And so I went round various neuroscience labs around the world and asked them to do their best work on me and see if they could actually measure something that would change in my brain to show that it had changed. Um, it was really fun, actually. I got put in a lot of brain scanners and I got zapped in the head with um, with magnets and, and given all kinds of things to do. Um, So, yeah, it was it was was fun. It doesn't sound like it, but it was.
1: What role does age play in uh, in all this in terms of uh, the ability to train our brains? I would imagine, you know, a 10 year old would be able to retrain the brain a lot easier than a 50 year old. Uh, Would that be correct?
8: Well, so younger brains are more uh, plastic, they call it, you know, so they, they are more able to change and adapt to things that they learn. You know, children are, are big, you know, sponges, they they take up knowledge and learn things really quickly. Um, and that does decline through life, but we still can pick things up later in life. And there's also, um, we learn differently in, in later life as well. So we might become less fast at responding to things and picking new things up. But we have a wealth of knowledge from all that life. So there's a thing called, um, uh, oh gosh, I've forgotten the word. Basically, it's wisdom. It's a type of intelligence that that equates to wisdom. Um, And over life, we've learned so much, we've experienced so much that we have more to draw on. So while we're not as quick, hopefully we're a bit wiser as we get older.
2: What percentage of the brain are we using?
8: Ah, yes. Well, there's a lot of myths about that, that we right. only use sort of 20% of it um, and that there's, there's this kind of untapped potential. So, brain scans have sort of not really found that to be true. We don't use it all at the same time, but we do use all of our brain. Um, and so, you know, there are various parts of the brain that specialize in certain things. There's so some parts specialize in language, others in, in movements and that sort of thing. And our brains, even when we're asleep, they're constantly busy. There's always activity going on in the brain that we can measure. So they never really stop. Um, and we use all of it, just not all at the same time.
2: Would you say that the evolution of man is actually the growth of and the proper usage of the brain over history?
8: Well, I mean, that that, that would depend on whether you think that human beings are the are the pinnacle of evolution. And and I think that most scientists would, would say that, actually, if you look at the, the tree of life, every... Animal, every plant, every being on that is perfectly evolved for what they have to deal with. So, you know, we would be rubbish if you put us in the sea and, and expect us to catch fish like dolphins do. So they're perfectly adapted for that, and that in their world they're the best at what they do. Whereas, you know, whereas we're we're the best at what we do at taking over the the life on land and, and sort of taking over the world for better or worse
2: but but isn't the fact that humans have the capacity to learn and use the brain to maybe emulate other creature skills that would uh, would, would would mean that we are using our brain a lot more than maybe other creatures? or species
8: yeah i mean you could definitely argue that we we sort of we're sneaky and we we can you know we can we can plan we can learn we can um think ahead we don't really know whether other creatures have some, some of those capacities or not um we are you know we're very good at what we do which is work together um think ahead and plan and and we're very creative so those are our that's our skill set. Whereas, um, yeah, other other creatures have different skill sets. Mm.
0: Carol, uh, lastly, there I want to ask you about uh, today's digital age. We're leading, you know, these lifestyles glued to screens. As soon as a baby is born, the first thing that they probably see before their mother is the lens, cam- the camera lens, when when the dad is taking that picture. But how how does all of that affect our brains' health? Is that something? that um has been looked at is that something of concern
8: i think it is something that's being looked at i think it's too early to tell you know there's some people who think that it's affecting our attention spans i definitely see that with with you with kids they seem to have a lower tolerance of having of being bored so they there could be a knock-on effect on creativity because you know creativity often comes out of having nothing to do and having to entertain yourself and having to let your mind wander um so there's potential that that might be affecting us in in important ways but on the other hand they've also brought us great things you know we're much more connected to each other that you can find people um all over the world who are into the same stuff as you are so i think there's a it's different, but I think it's not necessarily all good or all bad. Hmm. But the sedentary lifestyle, I mean, the, the sitting is definitely a problem. So there's evidence that, um, that that's been linked to everything from lower IQs to mental health issues and even pro-social behavior taking a tank. So so being more active is better for your brain and, and, and it's better for your body. It's, it's a win-win. So, so I'm very much uh, interested in cutting down the sedentary hmm. time if at all
0: possible, science writer, author, and consultant to New Scientist magazine, Caroline Williams, with us on the line. Thank you very much for your time, Caroline. Great to have you on, and uh, have a great weekend ahead. Uh, Thank peace be upon you. Thank you.
8: Thank you. Thank you. Bye.
0: 208 how do you keep your brain healthy is a question that we're asking you on our Instagram poll. So go to Voice Islam UK and cast your vote. Now, there's a few things that we are supposed to do and there's a few things that we're supposed to stay away from. Um, we're all aware of unhealthy habits and their consequences on our health. Eating fast food, no. Brainer leads to high cholesterol and obesity, smoking leads to cancers and lung disease. Similarly, detrimental patterns affect our brain's health as well. Unhealthy sleeping patterns, they've also been linked to a host of medical problems, including diabetes, heart disease, and memory loss. So you have sedentary lifestyles. They're also increasing, being recognized around the world as being major contributor to depression, to anxiety, dementia, attention deficit deficit disorder, and other psychiatric conditions. Too much screen time. We just spoke to Caroline Williams as well. When it comes to the religion of Islam, it's all about moderation. It doesn't matter what field that you're talking about, which aspect of life we're talking about. Anything that you do um, in excess uh, of everything... Ultimately, becomes harmful. God Almighty states in seven, chapter 7, verse 32 of the Holy Quran, O children of Adam, put your minds and bodies in a state of tidiness at every time and place of worship and eat and drink, but be not immoderate. Surely He loves not the immoderate. The idea of brain training is based on the concept of use it or lose it. The popular theory goes. That the more you regularly challenge your brain, the less likely you are to experience cognitive impairments. For example, reduction in someone's ability to remember or learn things or dementia in later days, as we just spoken to Caroline Williams about it. Our next guest for today, he's a medical specialist and co-founder of Walkolution. Dr. Eric Zungen is with us online. Dr. Eric, good afternoon, peace upon you, and welcome to the Draft Time Show.
9: Good afternoon, Assalamualaikum. alaikum,
0: thanks for having me. Wa well, thank you very much for joining us today. Walkolution, tell us about it, what is it, what was the idea behind it um, to start off uh, our conversation today?
9: Yeah, sure. Um, well, it's a simple idea, um, as we just heard, people spend way too much sitting, this is incredibly unhealthy, um, so in fact, right, I'm having this interview with you, I'm actually walking at my desk, oh. <laughs> playing the product. Um, this is a typical product that I kind of started to build for myself. I built the first prototype when I was a medical student back in 2004, because, you know, I just refused to sit down all the time while studying. Mm. And then um, although I went on to pursue the traditional career in academic medicine, I kept on working on the side on revolution. And um, well, as you might have heard and um, probably stumbled upon, standing desk were at some point introduced, but, you know, standing is really not the solution. So. I had to build a product and then yeah. it began to drop
0: in So, B- Brother Kiyum just stood up just because you said it and he's, he's just tiptoeing on his, on his desk as well. So, well done to you. We've, we've been trying for years and years. It didn't work. <laughs> you, you just caused a revolution here in the studio. Dr. Um, in, in the age of constant trends like keto diets, like gym routines, so walk seems like a simple solution. We're talking about, correct me if I'm wrong here, this is what I stood. Walking just walking how beneficial is such movement
9: well when you talk about exercise first of all humans uh, we also need to exercise there's no way around it but here's the catch exercise in itself is no cure for being sedentary for uh, the remaining rest of your day Hmm. so people who do this all day are actually they have a special name they're called active couch potatoes because Exercise is beneficial for its own sake, absolutely clear, but cannot undo the problems of being sedentary. So walking instead of sitting solves the, um, let's say, the other part of this equation solves the problem. What do we do in the rest of these hours of the day? And then walking, in fact, is a miracle cure because it involves the whole body, even though it's a very small tempo. But there are um, there are uh, myriads of benefits. Um, I mean, the first thing that comes often to, to people's minds, and when they when they think about sitting, is back pain. Hmm. But back pain is the tip of the iceberg. The Back pain doesn't kill you. Um, we're really talking about the most severe diseases. Take heart disease, for example. Hmm. Now, people who sit more than seven hours a day—that might shock a lot of people—but because most people do it, they have 85 uh, percent increased risk of dying from cardiovascular disease, and so this goes on with diabetes and so on.
1: Dr. Stundgren, um you talked about heart disease. So one of the solutions that uh, has been banded about by, by doctors, by nutritionists, therapists, is that if you walk for 30, 35 minutes a day, uh, five days a week, you should be fine. But So are you debunking that theory? Are you saying that now you should be walking a lot more than 35 minutes, 30 minutes a day?
9: Well, absolutely. I mean, w- what we should do is we should uh, s- flip this ratio. Uh, ratio. A ratio. At the moment, um, w- we we're spending most of our time sitting, and then movement is the kind of the um, the, the the not normal thing, right? We have to we have to flip that um, to its head and turn it around. Um, you cannot have your movement in in one or two boats. Uh, of, um, of of minutes, um, it it should be really the the majority of your day should be moving, and three four hours should be uh, should be sitting. But this is, comes easily because you have to eat and um, well, you have to uh, commute and all those things. Yeah.
2: Um, <clears throat> one question I have is, I mean, you've kind of answered it, but I'll ask anyway. The ten thousand steps you, you 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 talk about is that something that needs to be spread throughout the day? Or when a person knows they're going to be sitting all day working and then maybe they finish off the day with going for a walk for about 10,000 odd steps or 15,000 steps? Or are they two different things?
9: I think this is is a danger um, because this is really you you think this is the same kind of thinking and the flawed thinking that we can undo um Too much sitting with a bit of exercise or walking ten thousand steps. Because I mean, when you walk fast, you can walk ten thousand steps in you know in, in 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 one or two hours. But this is not the idea. And I think this is more a number that comes from advertisement. There's not much science about this ten thousand actually. The mm-hmm. threshold when we look into the science, it seems to be higher at around seventeen thousand five hundred steps in a lot of studies. And um, so if you spread that over the entire day, um then you you really benefit from from all the health benefits, yeah.
2: And how does exercise help in the prevention of dementia and cognitive decline? I mean, are these conditions uh, not a normal part of the aging system?
9: Well, um, I absolutely don't think so, although we are always made to believe that dementia and generally cognitive decline um, probably are much more um, a metabolic problem. Um, that means basically we're eating too much and we don't move enough um, like so many other degenerative problems and um, you might have heard meanwhile alzheimer's also called di- diabetes and um, type 3 disease um, so a sedentary lifestyle creates some kind of a toxic metabolic environment and the brain um, is affected just like any other organ in the body um, and um, for example if you there has been a very interesting mri study when people who who used to be active and when they suddenly get sedentary they really lost um we see in the mri a loss of the memory center the hippocampus region um on the other hand regular walking just like other aerobic exercises too um we see greater so-called brain plasticity it's also building of new neurons and um interestingly you know it's not only the um when, when talking about the brain um, a lot of emphasis has been put on the grey matter, but in particular also the white matter, the substance that connects the nerve cells. This seems to be um, especially beneficial um, when, you, when you're when you regular walking and moving.
2: And my final question, walking on a treadmill and walking outside, what's the difference?
9: Well, <laughs> um honestly for the for the body not so much but um there has also been um this has been um investigated in a a landmark study from stanford very um a very famous one and uh, they did exactly that um they looked at participants who were either walking on a treadmill or sitting on a chair and um, walking outside too so some people were walking on the nice green um, Stanford campus some other people walking inside on a treadmill and some other um, um, participants who has, has had to sit on a chair and um, the stunning result of this study um, that was done a couple of years ago was those people who were walking no matter if it's inside or outside they used to be 60% more creative um, and other better in other some um, 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 tests cognitive test and um, absolutely stunning result. Yeah. Wonderful.
0: Dr. Eric, thank you very much for joining us today. Great to talk to you. Very, very interesting. <laughs> Dr. Eric Zungen, medical specialist and co-founder of Walkolution with us on the line. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Once again, take care. Thank you. Interesting. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> so, gentlemen, how do you train your brain?
2: Well, I've been training my brain Clearly, in the wrong way, because because <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Eric just just <laughs> debunked everything. Yeah. D- d- debunked my my yeah. fifty-two years.
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> he was showing us proudly
2: those eleven thousand steps that he exactly. walked today. Because no, yeah. I do, I, w- I, I do walk. You, but I tell you, you why I for I, the I trap. I'll tell you why I walk. My father, uh, may God give him uh, health and long life. He's eighty-seven, going on eighty-eight. Oh, sure. I can't remember him not walking every day, irrespective of whether or where he is in the world. Wow. He walks two, two and a half, three miles every day. Awesome. Mm. It, it, it's just habitual. Mm. He says he learned it from his elder brother, mm. That, all, and he lived to the age of 93. Mm. And he just says, uh, he always used to say to me, I mean, um, most of you guys know, because I have a heart condition, another heart attack, my dad's older brother, he came to me and said to me, what the hell's wrong with you? What are you doing? You're, you're 30, only
0: 55. You're, you're,
2: you're 39 years old <laughs> and you're having a heart attack. He goes, you're doing it wrong. I said, but what am I supposed to do? He says, listen, you do your prayers on time. You make your financial sacrifice and walk. Uh-huh. He says, that's it. He goes, if somebody's got a problem with you, don't own it. It's their problem. Just do these three things. Remember God Almighty make your financial sacrifices
1: mm. and walk. He didn't say exercise or go gym. He says mm. walk. And since then, I've just had I, a habit. I, I, and since then, you've been creating problems for everybody and not owning them at all.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And I, I tell that, you, that, I tell that, you that, what that he's been what? owning is a V8 no, 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 all no. the time. Dude, V6, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what he's been owning all the time. Yeah. I have been giving other
2: people problems by (laughs) returning it to them that they have been giving me, I've been (laughs) returning it, that's all,
1: with interest (laughs) (laughs) that that is a sign of a healthy person, absolutely I can understand but
2: but you know one thing I tell you when I did start walking, I was actually surprised that how you don't realise how many steps you take until I started, you know, your phone counts them Hmm. and Ten thousand steps. You, it, it's not a lot. It's of, not a lot. No, you don't realize no. that you do, um, and and. For me, the reason I asked the question about doing it in one go and during the day is because sometimes, I'm, brother Daniel, you'll know it, that sometimes when you're in the office and you don't realize and you're sitting and you're doing your work on a computer, mm. five, six hours go by and exactly. you don't. absolutely, you,
1: before, you, you know yeah. before you know it.
2: Before you know it. And then you think, whoa, whoa. And then when you're used to walking and then I'm like, oh, my God, I've got to do my 10,000 <laughs> steps. Yeah. Okay, put your earbuds on and you
0: walk. Walking. And so, yeah, I, I you know, it makes sense to me. Yes agreed absolutely the morning walk is something which was prescribed by the second caliph of the Muslim community isn't it well old, in fact and, all the caliphs and, and the founder of the yeah, and, and the, yes, yes, yes as well. yeah. he was he was a morning walker yeah. a big time yeah so there's a few things that uh, we wanted to mention when it comes to how you can brain train uh, your brain uh some of the things that we've spoken about, uh exercise, for example, and then also less screen time. I think we can all agree that reducing screen time allows the brain to slow down and focus on some of the things that are probably more important without distraction. And also, you know, this ability to focus that some people do complain about. And also going to sleep. I've noticed that. I mean, there's a lot of studies that I've come across. Well, I haven't read the study studies, but just before you go to sleep, um not having not looking at a screen for I think sixty minutes before you go to sleep. You know one thing that every single
2: expert we have spoken to over the years on this particular topic of health, that's one thing everyone says. Seven six between six and eight hours of sleep mm. is a must. Yeah. It it's like that's one thing I always find mm. um that is sim the, the commonality in irrespective of what type of expert it is, they talk about how
0: your brain needs time yeah. to shut down.
6: And we feel S- that every day. In
0: mean, just think of all the things that this thing has to compute in a mm. day. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Record and, yeah. and record And, 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 <laughs> and record But then look <laughs> at it medically. Yeah.
2: Everyth- all organs, we've got to a point, we've used our brain so much mm. in a fantastic manner That we have got to a point that we are able to transplant every single organ. Yeah. And you're only dead when your brain Mm -hmm. is dead.
0: dead. It's dead, yeah. Very interesting. Now, eating healthier is also one of the things that you can do, you should do to make sure that you uh, b- train your brain a little bit. Waking up early is also one of them. That means if you want to have those six to eight hours, sleep you know, early. you're going to have Absolutely. to sleep the bed early. Yeah. early.
3: Absolutely.
0: Now, now, there's plenty of known benefits of waking up early. Research suggests people who regularly wake up an hour earlier than usual without sleeping less may be able to reduce the risk of major depression. But the key thing, what they said mm-hmm. in there is without
2: sleeping less Less. so early to bed early to rise makes a man healthy wealthy
1: and wise there we go uh, Isn't that what everybody was taught when they were young? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Certainly, I was taught when, when I was young, and uh, yeah, things seems to have changed now, but uh,
0: <laughs> the message remains the same for me. The message remains the same. Uh, our next guest for today is with us on the line. We're going to speak to Dr. Rick Hansen, who's a psychologist, author, and senior fellow of the UC Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center. Good afternoon. Peace and welcome to the draft, I'm sure, Dr. Hansen.
10: Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be here.
0: Thank you very much for joining us today. We know that stress is bad for our health, yet um, we we sometimes can't seem to escape it. How exactly does the stress affect our brain?
10: Right. We're very capable of handling short bursts of stress from which we have long periods of recovery. That's how our ancestors evolved. But today we're exposed to chronic stress, Mild, mild chronic stress, and it affects the brain in a number of problematic ways. For one, uh, the stress hormone, oh. Dr. Is the amygdala,
0: yeah. yeah, you just in broke, your brain, you Cortis-
10: yeah, I'll just repeat that. No, Cortisol sure. is, a, is a stress hormone, and it affects uh, your amygdala, your alarm bell, so you become even more reactive over time. And it weakens other parts of the brain that can calm you down. And there are you know, measurable physical changes over time that can occur. That's why it's so important to manage stress as best you can and to try to have periods of a calming, a sense of positive connections with others, um, and, a, and a larger view so you don't feel so trapped and hijacked by whatever has stressed you.
0: So why do we find it so hard to practice being calm and positive when, you know, anxiety right. or gloom comes so naturally to us?
10: Yeah. Well this is, you know, the real world, right? the brain evolved what's called a negativity bias. Or as I put it, it's like Velcro for bad experiences, but Teflon for good ones. In other words, as again, our ancestors needed to really overlearn. And it didn't really matter that they were having positive ones. But today, we can get really. All
0: right, Dr. Hansen, I think. I, I, I do apologize. Yeah, I, I think we're going to try to reconnect to you because in, the line keeps dipping in and out, and uh, we don't want to miss anything that you're saying. Uh, I do apologize again to our listeners and uh, to Dr. Hansen as well. But uh, I think we're going to tell our tech team in the background to reconnect to Dr. Hansen in the United States. Interesting points.
2: Are we going to reconnect?
0: Are yes, we reconnecting? yes, we are. Now, brother Assad doing his magic. He's doing his magic in the background, using a lot of that brain. I was going to say he's brain training. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> brother Daniel, yeah, why are you so quiet? I'm not quite. I'm listening today. No, I think no, it's a, it's no, no. a very interesting uh, show a very interesting topic. So you, I'm listening you, and and No, obviously no. no, listening no, no don't you dare learning, you? <laughs> le- learning from uh, from my elder brother. No, girl, of course. I become, <laughs> I become, yeah. You asked for it,
2: brother. I did. I always do. But uh, but but what's your take? On? You know, you're you're a finance man.
1: Yeah.
2: Obviously, your your the, the brain mm. is 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 such a Well, it's. It, you need to <laughs> to deal with finances yeah. it's it's a I lot of, it's a lot of stress it's a lot of uh, yeah. Yeah. i mean we we're, we're talking with Dr Hansen mm. about stress yeah do, do is that something that comes with the task or is that, or do you think we as human beings tend to stress ourselves out
1: i think a bit of both i think some you know any cognitive task requires concentration requires attention requires focus Hmm. And when you do that, then and, and if you're not in the right sort of environment, then that can cause stress. So, um, so, yeah, but I think the answer really isn't in, in creating balance in your life. I mean, you've got to have. Well, know, that's what
2: everybody says, isn't it? Look for your equilibrium and find no, but the balance. Okay, yeah,
1: I, 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 you know, don't mean it in, in a in a in a, in so, a zen I, way exactly i mean yeah. i mean it in, you know having that six to eight hours of sleep mm-hmm. making sure that you're exercising making sure you you're getting those right hormones uh, um and killing your cortisol hormones so um so yeah that sort of balance. see my my, my brain yeah. When you use those technical words, those scientific words,
2: my kind of my words? brain just d- did a no, six. Like it it, it, yeah. it, 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 it kind of hit it
1: out of the, the, the boundary line saying, your, your this is, is a, a lot- word
2: my brain doesn't understand. <laughs> so you
1: saying, get it out of here. <laughs> Your, your brain is a lot bigger than uh, than the two of us combined here. Yeah, like, so. Mine's full of yeah. hay. Yeah. Yours is full of education, and, and but but my
2: question to Brother Raza, Yours
1: is full of wisdom.
2: Bro, bro, <laughs> Brother Raza, you you're an imam as well, and yeah. you deal every day with people from all walks of life. Your brain
0: is kind of overworking all the time, no? I think everybody everybody uses their brain and everybody works. My no, but job I'm talking about a from different. a stress point of view. Yeah, that,
2: that you, you kind of take on everybody else's stress. I think
0: stress. that question was being answered by Dr. Hansen That's as, what, yes. as, as uh, we were just talking to him. And I think we got him yeah. back on Let's the line. let go back to the expert. Dr. Yes. Dr. Hansen, apologies about that. And thank you very much for, for reconnecting. Sure. Yeah, it, this one sounds a lot better. So you were going to answer the question that uh, Brother Kiyum posed to me. How to deal with mm-hmm. the stress? Um, how to? Um, why? Why do we find it so difficult? Why do we ha- find it so 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 right. so hard to practice? You know that state of being calm and positive.
10: Yeah. Well, our brain evolved in the Stone Age, and even before that, in Jurassic Park, and so it's prone to react to stressors. But in our modern life today, we can exercise control over our brain. And I'll tell you two things that I find really extremely helpful. One is to stay out of the red zone. In other words, look for little ways to take mini breaks in your own mind, if only for a breath, one or two or three breaths in a row, multiple times a day. Or look out the window, or wash your hands, eat something good, share a joke with a friend. Those little micro breaks Really buffer your brain and your whole body from the impact of chronic stress. That's a good thing. The other thing is when you are having any kind of a beneficial experience, like you're finished a task at work, or you finally got home and you're out of the you know the war zone of your daily job, uh, slow it down and help that experience really sink in. We tend to race away from our beneficial, positive experiences, or turn the channel on them, or let other people turn the channel. And instead, it's important to help your brain over five seconds or 10 seconds or 20 to really take in the good. And then you gradually build up these shock absorbers inside, so you're less affected by stress over time.
2: Uh, Dr. Hansen, we, we live in a society where stress is part and parcel of, of living every day now. And sure. we get to, we've got to a point, or I, I sometimes see friends, family, or, or, or uh, you know, I, I people around uh, that when they don't have a stressful day, they stress over the fact that <laughs> they haven't had a stressful day. This was <laughs> what's, not what's wrong? Yeah. What, what's, oh, yeah. what, you know, why is it? I mean, you know, why is that?
10: Yeah. We, Form a habit in which we think that it is our stress, our anxiety, our irritation, our sense of drivenness that's keeping us together. But in fact, just because there are stressors in your life does not mean at all that inside yourself you have to feel stressed by them. This is a really key point. And part of the way that, that you can accomplish that. Is building up these internal shock absorbers. So yeah, you are busy. I live in the real world. I mean, I thought I was going to retire this year. And I'm still working. sixty <laughs> hours a week. You know, um, uh, you know, we can be we can be busy. We can be active. We can um, really have important goals. We can be serious without feeling so pressured and anxious and upset inside. And the key to that is building up psychological strengths. Yeah, do what we can to get a better job or, you know, do what we can to change the world around us for sure. But inside yourself, we have much more power. And I'm talking about claiming that power where you build up strengths inside like a kind of underlying core of calm strength, warm heartedness and underlying well-being that is always there no matter what's happening around you. That's actually realistic and possible. It's not utopian. It's real, actually, but you have to work at it a little bit. The work is fun. It's like a minute a day.
2: What about situations where, and and I tend also find this with—I mean, I was just asking uh, Brother Raza, who's also an Imam, and he deals with community affairs of all from people to walk of life. When you start to own other people's stress,
10: right? Right. That's interesting. That's where compassion comes in, because actually, if you're empathic. You can burn out, but what compassion does, and I and I respect the ways that this is centered in Islam. Compassion. Yeah. Um, when you're rested in compassion, there's that lovingness, that warmth, that respect for others, that that sense of support and caring, and that sense of support and caring is the sweet in the bittersweet of compassion. There's a recognition of difficulty and suffering in others, but uh, with compassion, you're protected by the. the warm-heartedness and the caringness that's flowing through you. So there is not compassion fatigue. There is empathy fatigue, but there is not actually compassion Mm -hmm. fatigue, including in terms of of its effects in your brain.
0: Wonderful. Dr. Hanson, lastly, um, meditation, prayer, that Mm -hmm. spiritual side of things, does that have an impact on the brain's physiological structure or on the brain in general? And if so, how?
10: Oh, it really does. And there's a lot of research about this, actually, Um, in various traditions. um, I think, honestly, uh, the uh, kind of neuropsychological effects of practice in Islam uh, needs more study. Generally, what's been studied are more secular forms of meditation that still uh, overlap a lot with various religious practices. And there are multiple benefits. I'll give you three right off the top. One, you build up circuits in your brain that regulate attention, because in prayer or meditation or other spiritual practices, we are focusing our attention. So literally, there's a saying, neurons that fire together, wire together. Mm. So if you keep those neurons firing, um, you in effect build up kind of the muscle of being able to regulate your attention. So you're less distractible and more focused, that's one. Second benefit is emotional regulation. Uh, Circuitry in the brain, again, gets built up. That helps us calm down. After we got irritated or maintain more of an even keel as we ride the waves of life in terms of how we regulate ourselves emotionally and a third major benefit the last one I'll just say here is that the sense of self starts to expand rather than feeling so contracted isolated and beleaguered with spiritual practice including meditation there's a more of an open sense of, of, of being a person moving through life connected with everything in ways that are actually supportive rather than isolated and and pushed upon and those are the kind of benefits that people can get in even just a few minutes a day you know the more the better it's almost like anything the more you do it the more results you get but even just a few minutes a day can make a big difference for people
1: is there any empirical evidence uh, doctor of um, the benefits that uh, that you've just talked about of spiritual practice I, I, I mean, is there Oh, yeah. Any, any Huge research.
10: MRI scans. Sure, sorry to interrupt you there, but yeah. I know we yeah. have limited time here. Oh, yeah, people can just Google this or search for it. There are many published studies that show physical changes in our brain right. having to do with sustained contemplative practice. I'll use that term broadly. Uh, you know, meditation, prayer, things like that. Uh, well, you know, whatever might be the impact of something divine, ultimately, inside the ordinary realm of science, there are clear, measurable, beneficial physical changes in your brain that are related to sustained inner practices.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much, Doctor. It was such an uh, enlightened discussion. Really appreciate your contribution to the show here. Thank you.
10: Oh, I appreciate it. It's hopeful that there are little things that add up over time that we can do each day.
2: Thank you.
0: Have a fantastic
2: evening. Peace be on you,
10: sir. Peace be on you as well.
0: Psychologist, author, and senior fellow of UC Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center, Dr. Rick Hanson, with us on the line. And with that, yeah, with that, we are coming to the end of today's show. We have sixty seconds. Go for it.
2: Um, have a fantastic weekend. Forgive any shortcomings on our behalf and remember us in your prayers. There you go. And if
1: you haven't had a chance to listen to this discussion, very enlightening indeed. Please do go into SoundCloud and listen to the recording of the show.
0: We would like to say thank you very much to all of our listeners for joining us in today's episode of The Drive Time Show, as well as the entire week. Joining us here in The Voice of Islam, don't forget, tomorrow morning, SML is going to be with you at 10 a.m. And on the Sunday morning at 10 a.m., the Weekend Worlds team with Dr. Ahmad is going to join you. Uh, we would also like to say thank you to Nur Sabah and Sayyidat Hossain, to Hassan for today, uh, today's producers and researchers. And the Draft Time Show is going to be back with you on Monday, inshallah. Um, don't forget, you can listen to all of the programs on uh, SoundCloud. If you have missed any of the shows, you can search by topic, you can search by date. Um, and there's some wonderful guests that we had on over the course of the week, as well as The Breakfast Show joining you on Monday morning. Brother Daniel is going to be starting the week off from all of us. Assalamu salamu